And if God will compare a marriage union to the union that he has with us, it begs for us to understand what does a marriage union really looks like because that's what God expects of us. When I leave my house every day, I'm conscious that I'm married. It's not a matter of whether someone's asking me that I'm married. I know that I'm married. And being married, I can't just make a decision and come back and say, hey, Alex, I bought a house in Buckhead. We need to move into the house. I mean, that would sound bizarre. I mean, you, you see how you all looked? I think that's how we are sometimes independent of God. That we believe that there are some decisions that we need to make independent of God. And there are some decisions we believe, okay, yeah, maybe I should consult God with that. However, this union that we have with God, God wants us to be completely dependent on him. You see, this union is so important that the in him phrase is recorded, is, is, is said to have been recorded almost 165 times in the New Testament. In him, about 165 times. I want you to let that sink in. It is the import of that word. In him. Because everything that we are, how we exist, is all to do with in Christ. When Jesus came and he did what he did, the whole point of it, the righteousness that you and I have is because of we are in Christ. In it that knew no sin became sin for us, that we may become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We can think about all the in him scriptures here. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. As in Adam all died, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. For because of him we are in Christ. In other words, what this really means is that you and I can't live a life independent of this union. It means that everything that we do, because I said to myself that in being in Christ is like an enchanted reality that displaces me from the center of my life and place Christ at the center of everything. That is the reality of the in him scriptures. It is all about Jesus and what he has accomplished for us. But the most important thing is that you and I have to live conscious of this union on a daily basis. And this is where the reality meets all of us. What I hear on Sunday and the reality of that for me on Wednesday, that is where the rubber meets the road. It is that consciousness. I want you to please open with me to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 1 verse 25, but I'm going to read it from the AMPC because that really explained it the way I wanted it. Romans chapter 1 verse 25. So if you have your iPad, it will be AMPC. And here's what it says. Romans chapter 1 verse 25. I'm going to read it since we don't have it there. Because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Let's look at verse 19. I think that's really where I'm going to. I'm sorry about that. 
For that which is known about God is evident to them and made plain in their inner consciousness because God himself has shown it to them. What this scripture is here is saying really is that in the consciousness of man, there is an evidence that God himself is, is the all in all in the life of that man. However, the reality for the man is that man does not carry that. We exchange this truth for a lie. And the reason we easily exchange truth for a lie is because the truth is not settled in us. We are not living conscious of this truth. If you and I are going to begin to experience on a daily basis the victory that Jesus has purchased for us, it begins with understanding that my entire life has, is anchored to someone. That everything about me is anchored to the truth that I know in Christ. And here's what I believe. That for every believer to function very well, we can only function in our own, as, long as, as far as our understanding of our union with God. Because without union, without a union with Christ, I don't see how a believer functions. And it's also because of that, it's because of this union with Christ that we are able to displace or really just throw away the lies of the enemy. Because our union with Christ is essential to our victory over Satan and his rule in our lives. If I don't understand that this union that I have, somebody is in charge of my life. What happens is Satan throws lies at us. And those lies, we find ourselves biting into them. Is what happened to Adam. Did God really say? And because Adam beat into that lie, he exchanged his dependence for God to be an independent individual. And as long as I am strengthened in that union, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, let me explain this. Let me just put this in layman and then I'm going to wrap up. I want to ask some few, I want to ask some few questions. There are some issues that I get into, some troubles that come at me. And because I'm married, I automatically realize I can lean on my husband for some sort of strength. That if I can just share it with him, this burden becomes a burden of two people rather than one person. If you can just see your union with God as that, that no matter what it is that you face in life, whether good or whether bad, that you are not in it by yourself. I would never leave you nor forsake you. The consciousness of that is what you carry on a daily basis. It is what transfers to how I react to a person or whether I respond to them. It is what transfers to our, our conversations, how our conversations are shaped. Being married, I can't have a conversation with someone like I'm a single person. Tosin, let's go to the clubhouse. Okay, let's just go. I mean, as bizarre as that sound, 
That's what it's like when it comes to our relationship with Christ. If we are not anchored to this union that we have with Christ, I can't make decisions independent of God. I am not made to function like that. When I try to function like that, it's almost as if you are removing a fish from water. And when you do that, there's no life for the fish. And where the rubber meets the road for you and I is just this daily living. Because many things are thrown at us that we need to make decisions on. On a daily basis. But if you can just learn to do it one step at a time. It is not the big things. It is not trying to hear God's voice one time. Strong meat, the Bible says, solid meat belongs to them. Who by reason of use have learned to exercise their senses so that they can discern between good and evil. What that means is at some point in time, I begin to mature in this union to where I know and I can hear God as he talks to me on a daily basis by his spirit. But if we don't develop in this union, the truth is it will just be a phrase we continue to mention. Because everything that you need has already been given to you in Christ. There is nothing that you need that is outside of Christ. All provisions, everything that you need. Peace of mind. Peace in your home. Healing in your body. Anything whatsoever. It's all in Christ. So that everything that I do, I lean on Christ for it. But you will not be able to develop that if we're not a student of the word. The more you, you read the word, the more you study the word, the more you begin to grow in this understanding. As far as a union, it is there. It's like a marriage relationship. If I don't give what it takes to grow in this marriage, then the thing just remains in a stagnant position. You are not growing in it. The same thing is needed in this union that you have with God. It is imperative that we as believers begin to walk conscious of this union. Amen? Let me give you a few um, definitions of this union with Christ and then we're just going to go into, quest, into a time of discussion now. Okay, so here are a few um, definitions. It is like a marriage relationship where the interest of two parties become one. It is the state of being, or it is state of being where all that Christ has accomplished through the finished work is ours because we are one with him. It is the goal and the end of God's reconciliation process in Jesus Christ. Remember when God said to the children of Israel, build me a tabernacle that I may dwell with you. All of God's desire has been accomplished when Jesus said it is finished. To dwell with man. The only responsibility man has now is to grow in the knowledge of this truth. It is to grow in this union. That is the tools that you and I as believers 
need to now begin to cultivate so that every day. Long time ago, I said to you, union with Christ is almost like a pregnant woman. You can't tell a pregnant woman to get on this stage and jump. She is acutely aware that she's pregnant. She knows her limitations. She knows her strength. And if we as believers can be that conscious of Christ that is in us, I guarantee you, we will not be like a ball in the hand of Satan. We can boldly then say like Jesus when he throws things at us, I know. That is the key. I want to drop it again. If you can be that conscious like a pregnant woman of your union with Christ, it settles all matters. You will not be tossed to and fro. You will be established in truth. Because when God says, I will not leave you nor forsake you, God does not mean words. It means that if I'm in a situation, God is in that situation with me. I mean, Pastor read it rightly in, in Psalm 23. I looked at that thing all over again. He, he said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. I mean, what made David, who lived under the law, that conscious of God? The same David that will boldly says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then he went further to say, he laid a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I mean, if you're, if, if you're like me, they lay a table before me in the presence of my enemies, I'll be running. Hey, God has revealed this enemy to me. Man, let me take to my heels. But here's David saying, he laid a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know the way I always see this thing, I always share this thing with Dupe. It's almost as if, you, you are sitting on a table and there is God with you. And the enemy is there throwing that at you. And the more you look at God, and your confidence just begins to build. I got you. Sit where you are. I've got you. Sit where you are. I've got you. But because most times we are just aware of our external factors. They are the things that unseat us. They are the things that throw us off. I mean, the enemy is going, Broom! you know, and you're going, my God. So here's what I want to leave with you as we come into a time of sharing together. Every day, ask yourself this question. All the decisions that I've made. Has it been dependent on God? Or has it been from my own strength? And even if you say no, it does not mean you condemn yourself. Tomorrow again you say, Holy Spirit, help me. Because all these guys that we're reading from scriptures, they started somewhere. None of them became mature overnight. Just let's take the baby steps. It's the baby steps that helps us. It's not the giant strides. And as you take the baby steps, you'll be amazed 
what seems to be every day before will turn almost once a week where my decisions are based on what God has said about me. It's no longer about me. And then I can assure you this, the victory that you have packed will become the confidence that you need for tomorrow. The scripture says, do not cast away your confidence that has a great recompense of reward. If the first result, the benefit you enjoy as a result of the union is the confidence and the boldness that comes. Because you realize every day of my life is not being by my strength. It's being by God. By God, you have run through a troop. By him, you have leaped over the wall. That's the reality. Any questions? Contributions. Questions? Contributions? Everybody understood it? For real? Okay. Somebody has a question? Okay. Okay. Brother Philip. If you don't have a question, I have one or two questions. Okay. Okay, there's a mic coming, sir. Oh, it's not. Uh, go ahead, sir. Yes. Yes. talks that we should walk in the spirit yes, and sir. then we will not fulfill uh, the lust of the fl flesh. Uh, but there are two voices that try to contradict or conflict with us walking in the spirit. Yes. One is the voice of our mind, okay. which is the intellect. Yes. And then the voice of the body, which is filling yes. the flesh. And this is always competing. And at times we make decisions based on our feelings. Uh, I have someone said, um, it is okay not to feel okay. Because why? He said, we don't walk by our feelings, but we walk by faith. So this conflict, with us in the spirit or walking in the spirit. Why can't we just walk in the spirit always? Because believers, but as long as we're in this flesh, we, we tend to be drawn by our feelings and the way we think or reason. But the spirit, 
does not witness to our feelings, but to our spirits. So to help us on our daily decision making, to be conscious of that, we have to be in the spirit. And as you said, meditating on the word of God, that helps us, reveals himself to us because our med meditation leads to revelation and that revelation helps us to grow in him and be in union with him that we are always conscious that he's with us, that our decisions are not just based on our feelings because if we base things on our feelings, some of us will not be in the church tonight. That's so, correct. but it's because of the spirit. That's correct. Yeah. And Brad, Philip touched on something that I think is very important. Um, and the question's always been thrown at me, even sometimes after I've ministered, which is, how do you continue to develop these things? And many times there's no magic wand to it. Um, it is just the simple things. Is the study of the word. It's very important. One that I wanted to touch on some time ago that I didn't touch on again, it is the fellowship with the brethren. Extremely important. You know what Hebrew says? That for those, sometimes for those of us that move away from the fellowship, our heart gets hardened. Because the truth is, this is where life comes. And for me, it's a matter of, except maybe there are circumstances beyond my control where I can't be in fellowship, then I can understand that. But again, please don't feel condemned by what I'm about to say. That's just me. I would rather be in church than if they have Super Bowl going. And I deliberately said that. <laughs> I'm told they should turn my mic off. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, I, I've just learned that. I mean, it's one of the things that is helping me. There are programs on TV that I used to love. I mean, I'm telling you, I will stack them up. So come Friday night, I'm telling you, it's called binge night. I just go. But the truth is, I'm telling you, I wake up in the middle of the night and I have these horrible dreams. I, there was one that I watched and, you know, they, they had britted each other, shooting each other. And I got up and I saw myself in the middle of the thing. And it was like I had gone in my hand and I was shooting. I'm not joking. And I got up and said, oh, my God. You know, I realized I was, I was just dreaming. And so for me, I, I said, okay, I'm not going to watch these things to go to bed anymore. No way. And so I have, if I watch a program now, I mean, some, I have them all, re, all recorded now, and I've not even been able to go near them. When I get home, maybe a scripture just comes to my mind, and that's what I'll just sit down on, and I find myself maybe looking at that scripture. Sometimes till 1 a.m., I'm still looking at it. But I'm telling you, it just did not start overnight. It started, first of all, by me asking the Holy Spirit to give me a desire for the Word of God. It is not something you can do of yourself. It is God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Don't try and get up and say, I'm going to read 40 scriptures in one day. Don't do those things by your strength. Take them baby steps. 
take it one scripture at a time. Give me desire for the scripture, Lord, I pray. I, I, I want to see your truth from your word. Open my eyes. And then you become like David. Your word is like honey and sweeter than the honeycomb to me. Amen. So it is important, the word, the fellowship, prayer, leaning on the Holy Spirit, as simple as these things are, they are the things that the tools that God has given us to be able to develop. There's no tools that is outside of that. You can listen to preaching from now till tomorrow. You can listen to it 24-7. But the effect of that preaching in your life is also based on how grounded you yourself are in the word. That is the most important. And so if the robber comes to me the road, that's where all of us, at least for me, that's where I find challenging most times. And so the times where I feel like I'm in a dry patch, that's when I call on my friends. I call for fellowship. I will tell them I need to be in the word. I mean, Alex is here to bear me witness. When I'm in a dry patch, those are things that I say to them. I need to get in the word. I need to get into fellowship. Any other contribution? Any other question? Brother Greg. Yes. Um, the union is, yes. is really tough uh, because it, it, it looks like it's completely one-sided. By that I mean my union with God seems like uh, I talk and he understands. I ask the questions and he understands. He knows what I say. But when he talks to me, I don't hear it. You know? So it's a one-sided union. It's, it seems like, you know, he's, he's, I'm giving him all these things and telling him everything that is happening and so on. And he's giving me solutions and and all the answers, and I just can't hear what language, you know, he's talking, he's talking something else. So that's the difficulty of, of making that union work all the time. And then sometimes I have to walk away because that union, at the point where he told me something and I didn't understand, uh, it seemed like I can't stand there saying, what did you say? What did you say? I, I started looking for something, a different answer, you know, I start branching off because I just didn't get what he said. Okay, very good question. So bottom line of it is, Brother Greg is saying, oh, yes, ma'am, go ahead. There's one, hand, there's one hand up there. I am, um, I hear the, uh, the brother back here saying that, you know, there are, uh, sometimes conflicting voices, am I right, that you hear. And we know that the spirit and the flesh are in conflict with one another at all times. We know this. But for me, and I'm just speaking for me, I, you know, I find what Pastor said was very instrumental um, in the beginning of the teaching of Ephesians, that we sit, we need to set aside a time to sit and study the word. Amen. And then he says that when we're sitting there, we're resting. And we need to, in that rest period, you ask God, you know, where, where are you leading me today? What do you want me to do? No, you don't hear an audible voice, you know. And some people may do, 
but um, it's not necessarily that, but right and wrong, a difference between right and what, what's good and what's not good, you know? If it's good, it's of God. If it's not good, it's not of God. And that's how I equate what I should do if I have a situation. Sometimes the hardest thing is to sit and wait for the solution. You know, we feel like we, we become um, uh, anxious, very anxious, because we want the answer. We want it right then and right now. But um, I, I heard you on Sunday speaking of the union. And for me, the only way that you can unite your flesh and spirit, I mean, you don't unite them, but the only way you can unite with the word is the studying of it. You got you to gotta put aside some time for study. And I know that many of us have jobs because I had jobs. But you know what? When we really want to do what is uh, required of us, which is to uh, fellowship with God, if we ask for it, we'll get it. And we set aside the time, even if it's just for a few minutes, when you have to get out early in the morning. And then after a while, you, you develop this passion and you go to sleep. And sometimes the word, as you said, is there. Then there are times when you don't really have that, that you know, but, but don't feel beaten upon or anything when you miss a day or something from studying it. Go back and reach back and get the notes and, and, and think about what was said. The word says, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure. And those things we think on. If we learn to develop a pattern of denouncing that which is not good, denouncing the flesh, you know, and that is merely saying, I don't care if sister so-and-so -and -so said this about me, I'm not going to follow. I'm not going to dignify it. I'm not going to dignify what you did. I'm going to stand on what I'm supposed to principles. You know, it's a matter of principles. I thank you for Sunday's teaching. Amen, man. Okay, Uncle Cindy. <laughs> yeah. Right, Cindy, and then. Um. Um, my own way of looking at it is just the Bible said the just shall live by faith. Um, I don't think we have to wait for God to talk to us as long as we believe. Um, there's nobody that doesn't have a feeling or thoughts or even think between two choices or three or four choices. But the only thing is how we make the decision. Is it, like you said, is it on your own volition or you go on your knees or whoever uh, asks for direction? In my own way, I think my faith is what has helped me. I have grown from unbeliever to somebody who believe, no matter what conditions, because I've seen God prove himself. And if you have not witnessed that, that is where the problem is. And everything boils down to our faith because you didn't believe that he can do it for you. For me, I've tried so many things. I don't care how the heaven is going to come down. I, I don't get bothered anymore. I just go and say, God, it's all yours. And I meditate, read the Bible, pray over it, 
And you know, he, he will come to a situation, he will give me the rest that I need. The worried, the worriness will go away. But like you said, it's not something that you, you just have to study the world. If you don't study the world, you are a baby sucking. You are not going to be, have the meat to survive life. Uh, you know, fellowshipping, you know, it's all these things go along as we develop ourselves from day to day. I can look at myself 10, 15 years ago. I am not there anymore. But it's not just because I take a baby step, because I walk at it, I search, I read. I want to know God. I want to find out God. I want to, when people say, God talks to me, I want to ask, ask how do he talk to you? Mm. I want to find out. And he does. But be careful what do you want to hear. <laughs> because the obe that's where the obedience comes. <laughs> because the thing, the, the, the challenge we give you is not what you want. I've been there, I've battling something for the past three years now. I'm just trying to run away from it, and it keeps coming back to me. Mm. And that's the bottom line from my experience. All these things, you know, if we take it day by day and we live it like a lifestyle, it that's becomes it. a lifestyle. It. It, it will show your behavior and your attitude. You don't even have to wrap yourself with Christianity, everything will come out. The people around you, you see, you can't have a light and cover it under the bush. Correct. It will come out. You don't have to speak it. So if we all can just continue to believe God, that our God is faithful. Amen. He does things in his own time, not in our time. Even when we're going through challenges, yeah. believe you me, it will make the way for us where there's no way. Amen. Amen. Today I went into uh, my crawl space to um, check the uh, filters in my furnace. And uh, there's this door that I um, have to take a couple of screws out of and pull the door off, pull the filter out and check it and put it back. Anyway, today... No matter how hard I tried, I couldn't get that door to fit back in the way it should and, and trip that switch. I, after about 20 minutes, I was just so frustrated. I said, Lord, you got to help me with this. <laughs> sure enough, it went straight in. Wow. So the impression that came to me was he wants me to talk with him through the day as I go through go. my day. So my question is, see, I was trying to do it on my own because I've done it so many times on my own with Ooh. no problem. But today was different. Mm. So, Brad, Greg, to tie all of that and just answer your question, um, it is not looking for that big voice. It is in just the little step one day after another. It's talking, I can guarantee you. It's talking all the time. 
is just you getting into this place to say, God, here I am. Help me to hear you as you continue to talk. And like Brother Thomas said, you'll be surprised. You hear something on the news and something just impresses you. Ooh. Don't, don't take away anything. Are you, are, you, are you getting me? The more you become hungry for this thing, the more you're going to get into it. But don't be frustrated. Take it one day at a time. One day at a time. You, all of us before knew how we were in Adam. And we're so used to that life where we run and do things by ourselves. It's just that this new life as a new creation in Christ requires a different mindset. And it's the mindset of complete dependence. Totally on God. There is nothing that is outside of God. And that's a very good example there, Brother Thomas. It's just, I mean, you're, you're a handy man. You know how it is, just hits the thing, bam, bam, bam. You already know the answer to it. And you'll be surprised that God wants to be a part of every detail, every aspect of your life. You, I mean, I, I like to cook, but I'm telling you now, when I go to cook, I'm talking to God while I'm cooking. I mean... I'm, I'm telling you, one of the amazing things happened to me over the weekend. The particular ingredient that I would use for a, for a particular meal that I make. I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, don't use that today. And I was directed to something else. It seems weird, but I'm telling you that's just how what happens to me in my own corner. Whatever happens to you in your own corner is that, it's just what I'm used to. And the food turned out amazing. I said, whoa. So it's just this particular ingredient that has always added this taste to it. I, I'm telling you, it seems, it's, all of you are laughing, it seems as if it's, but I'm telling you, just, just like what happened to Brother Thomas is the same thing that I'm saying. So here's my challenge, every one of us. Take this one week challenge. Come back next week. Let's talk about how has the last week been for you to be so dependent on God? How has the little details of your life mattered in this walk with God? Start taking, writing it down, writing them down. What, go back to them again. The reason why God always told the children of Israel to write things down is so they can make reference to it again. I want you to learn to have memorial books so that you can say to yourself, this was where I started. My God, this is how far that I've gone in Christ. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. And I just want you to just talk to God. Very simple prayer tonight. Holy Spirit, I need you to help me. So that every living moment will be every moment in God. Every decision that I make will be a decision in Christ. Every conversation that I find myself will be conversations in Christ. So that at the end of the day, I said this on Sunday, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ we know, the love of the Father we're comfortable with, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is that you and I are still struggling with. But I want to submit to you, what is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is just the interest of the Holy Spirit. The interest of the Holy Spirit is to glorify the Father. That's what Jesus said. When your interest and the Holy Spirit interest match, you'll be amazed the combustive things that would happen in the Spirit. So tonight, let this be your prayer. 
glorify the father in me. Jesus said, I have come to glorify my father. He said the Holy Spirit will glorify the father. Your role is also to glorify the father. The one interest you can have with the Holy Spirit is just that. Because the entire interest of the Holy Spirit is to glorify the Father. I want that to be your prayer tonight. Teach me to glorify the Father in my conversations, in my decisions, in the thoughts of my heart. Everything that I do, teach me to glorify the Father. We bless your name tonight. We give you praise. Lord, we recognize, oh God, you are the owner of this walk. You know the nook and cranny of this walk. You are the one that laid the foundation and the template of this walk. There is no how we can, we can experience you without understanding how you want us to take the steps. And so tonight, Lord, as a congregation, where the rubber meets the road for us, Lord, is what we hear and what we do. Tonight we pray that all that we hear and all that we do will culminate in this phrase, we're glorifying the Father. Holy Spirit, awaken afresh within us the desire for the things of the Spirit. Awaken afresh within us who we are in you. Awaken afresh within us the desire to know your truth. For you said we will know the truth and the truth would make us free. Because for freedom as Christ set us free that we may be free of ourselves, completely dependent on you. Thank you for the victories. Thank you for the joyful moments. Thank you for the challenging moments that it is all working out together for your glory. No wonder Gideon will say, this battle is for the Lord and is for Gideon that our daily life will know is for the Lord and is for us. Help us, Lord, tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you all. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. We'll see you all on Sunday.